0: Just go to indeed.com slash Bluewire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: it, it it's kind of like Joey Gallo. Every, every once in a while Ethan hits a home run. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nobody knows and when we yet. say home run, we mean he shows up only two minutes late for recording okay there you go
1: oh do you oh oh wait wait did i see that you got a. you got your yeah your bourdain yeah Yeah. i got two i I got i got a baseball themed one too since uh andrew 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 yeah 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 yeah. baseball guy but i'm gonna start with the bourdain all right sweet same nice we're twinsies got a nice lovely warm name to this beer colin you know it's called a warm name is that yeah, what you said? Yeah, that gives you a nice warm fuzzies. It's called Bone in the Throat. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know what that means or what it's referring to, but there's a big long quote for from Anthony Bourdain on the side of this.
2: Is that is that what the the beers that you guys are drinking?
1: Yeah, yep.
3: from right. uh, who's it from? From Evil Twin, but for root and branch. What's that? No,
1: the gypsy brood. So, Root and Branch is a brewer, a brewing company. Ah. That, well, until two weeks ago, didn't own their own brewery. So they would brew it at Evil Twin. Mm. That's cool. Well, first
3: couple
2: sips are real tasty. Yeah. What kind like. of beer is it? IPA. Yeah. Yeah. What you are Are you drinking the same thing? Literally. Yeah. But I also
1: got. Um, so the beer fest I went to this past weekend was baseball themed. So they, a lot of their beers have like baseball cards on them with nice. They just took their beer names and made them like old timey baseball names. So this is cab patches because <laughs> they've got a beer called cabbage. So it's cab patches.
2: <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. I like that. I like it a lot. Um, Trevino just got a hit. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a shout-out every single time Trevino does something good, Matt. He just picked off uh, Walls at third base to end the bottom of the fourth when they had the bases loaded. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. So make a good play. Joe Pallone, shout-out to, to Joe if he's listening to this. His dad used to always say, if you make a great play in the field, you'll get a hit when you come up to the plate. I don't think I ever got a hit when he said that to me, but yeah. that was his thing. <laughs> hmm. Nice. Yep, yep. All right, I've got um, so this is a shout out to Dalvin. Uh, Dalvin Tropic Burst uh, from Heist Brewing, one of Iced. Matt Matt's places that he really wants to uh, explore a little bit more down here in Charlotte. You got to go Burial
1: too when they open, by the way. What? What? They're called Burial. Mm. They're going to open soon down there. You got to go. Okay. Shout okay. out Maddie Maddie Moore more excuse me uh, if he's listening um he
2: works for burial up in Asheville. yeah this is probably one of the fruitiest ipas i've had in a long time it's tangerine passion fruit and vanilla and you can definitely get the vanilla like at the at the end you you get that um that little touch yeah, and a little milkshake action for you tonight <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah we, we were just we were talking on father's day and uh he was he was heading to a brewery down in uh fort uh it was it fort hill fort rock i can't remember what the city is down in south carolina and uh he, he was um we were just talking about beers and he's like come on over i got i got something to give you so he's got a fridge in his garage and just gave me that and i was like all right i'll drink it on the pot on wednesday that's easy easy for me nice is it rock hill rock hill yep there we go yeah i don't, I don't know what the brewery was but
1: Well, uh, there is Rock Hill Brewing Company and Slow Play Brewing Brewing Company.
2: Yeah, I can't imagine there's a ton of breweries in Rock Hill. It's it's a developing area, but it's not like a huge city by any means or anything like that. Hmm. So it could have been one of those, but...
1: It's, it's nothing like, I mean, the bustling metropolises that we know, like Scranton or
2: Syracuse. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Scranton has one brewery, and it is not open, like, until Fridays or something like that, because the reason I know is because the last two times I've tried to go, like, when, when we've been in, and we just we just haven't been able, like they, they haven't been open on the days that we've been there. And then like the days, like the one time was my brother's birthdays or birthday wedding. Um, so we weren't, you know, going during the wedding and everything, but.
1: Oh, they've got to have come on. They've got to have more than one brewery, right? They've got lion's head up there, right?
2: Uh, if they do, it's outside the city.
1: Uh, okay.
2: Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't yeah. interrupt. Yeah. This is, this is like right in the city. Um I that was that was as of last year. I don't know, maybe they've had some post pandemic things open up, but
1: there's a town in between Scranton and Clark Summit called Chinchilla. Mm -hmm.
2: Why didn't I know that? Yeah, Matt, you need to know all this. You live in Pennsylvania. Normally, I do. Normally, Boris, come on, get get podcast.
1: Let's see the podcast. Oh, he's running away, doesn't want to be, doesn't want to
2: star. Ah, on today's episode, right now. A little shy tonight. <laughs> Doesn't want to take Matt's thunder away. Yeah, uh, it's okay.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of beer, though, it's it's a scary time down here. Down three here, of the main, where you are. Well, the three of the main uh, beer distributors in Philly are on strike right now. Whoa. The city may run out of beer. Holy shit!
3: The
2: of July holiday. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> Wait, so why are they on strike? I have no idea. Worker strike, obviously. Um...
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, Right. It wouldn't like the business wouldn't shut down. Yeah.
1: I love it. No, no. The distributor is striking from Budweiser until they brew better tasting beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, good thing. You know, it's not like I've got a you know shortage of beer here. So. Plus, you know, with what we what Ethan and I've been doing has been working well. We've been just shipping it in from out of state. Thank yep. you, other half.
2: Exactly. <laughs> is that is that just a Philadelphia thing though, like, or is that something that's just happen? down here? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I think if it was national, we would have all heard about it. <laughs> well, got to start somewhere, you know. That's that's why I'm I'm asking. Like, is it something specific that's like? Yeah, you, know you were talking about there was the um, you know Me Too kind of caught up to the to the brewery like kind of what four years after Me Too first started and everything. So I didn't know if there was like another scandal or something going through. Well,
1: well actually, that's that's a good segue. So uh, speaking of that, so I told you guys at that, that at the um, maybe I didn't at at Logjam at the Philly festival, um, the lager festival that I had way too much <laughs> to drink at, <laughs> stoop, um, stoop drunk. I ran into the person who started that Me Too movement, um, her, her Instagram handle is called Rat Magnet. She's the one that actually started the whole, like essentially talk about a time you've been, um, talked down to or discriminated against, against or harassed because you're a woman in craft beer.
2: So you're Um, talking about in the, in the industry In the industry
1: she's, and she's the one that started it in the industry. And of course I, uh, went over and said, thank you. And um, told her it was awesome that she did that and I was glad that you know I'm sorry that she had to endure that but I'm glad that she was posting it because it was great to bring it to light I like to think that I said it eloquently and succinctly <laughs> but um based on my condition of the day uh I bet I was not but um anyway uh she was she was very uh, gracious anyway and dealt with my drunkenness um and uh so Anyway, there's there's she, there's a push to try and rectify that, and part of the proceeds of this beer fest that Human Robot had, which I'm wearing their shirt for, log jamming, nice, um, that's really cool. Part of the proceeds are to go to support uh, brewing scholarships, and so they actually gave they awarded it today to a female brewer up at Notch Brewing, I believe, up in Massachusetts who is um, taking classes at the Siebel Brewing Institute, which is a worldwide, the world famous Brewing Institute in the Chicago area. Back in the day when I thought I was going to open my own brewery, I was looking at taking courses there. Well, so, well, so well, this, well, well, So this, well, wait, don't, well, let, well, me finish, well, let me finish, let me finish. So this well. brewer is taking You're classes You're going to open a and, brewer. And to support the, you know, this female brewer, they she, she won the, the scholarship. So um, a couple people made a, uh, a post saying, thank you for putting your money where your mouth is. And, you know supporting what you believe so that was that was really good to see um and i hope there's more and and, and i guess i gotta say uh, the, the base notch notch is well known already so that brewer has already got already doing a great job but uh, it's nice to see them continuing to support more people in the community
2: i don't know right. if you heard me when you were rambling but i said you will open a brewery yeah i heard you i was talking over you purposely
4: so
2: <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> you you try you just why are you being so modest about it? Like you're gonna open it in like ten years, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, it didn't happen when you were in your twenties, but like it's still gonna be awesome and I'll still be there to support you.
1: Cause it's a saturated market and a very
2: difficult time to open a brewery right now. So Yeah, but I, I think like if like with anything, like if you do it right and you stick to it, you'll survive.
1: Well, not well, you need money and you need a good brewer. You got to have good product. There's you guys have seen that. There's a bajillion breweries opening up right now, and a good chunk of them are just kind of uh, uh, Well, Ethan
2: and I will support you with the capital. Will be your venture venture capitalist? Oh VCs.
3: yeah, I'm, I'm loaded
2: with capital. We know that. That's right. Ethan, just take out another loan. What What does it mean?
3: Like, this <laughs> That's <point>? true. <laughs> at this point, yeah,
2: you're right. What is debt? Yeah. 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 W- weren't you the one that once said that you've uh, come to terms with the fact that you're gonna die in like mountains of debt or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah.
3: Well, there. Well, I've come to terms with that in multiple ways, right? So, uh. The, the the extra meaning there is that I'm gonna die with mountains of debt because the world is gonna end like, you know, in the next twenty or thirty years. Right? So I won't even get to live out like a full lifespan. There it is. There's <laughs> Ethan <laughs> So I won't even get like a full seventy or eighty years, right? The world whatever whether it's nuclear annihilation or climate annihilation or or the robots are gonna kill us, you know, the AI um, you know, it's, it's all going to be over before, before the, uh, before the, uh, money issues in this, in this world have been fixed. So yeah, I'm going to, I am going to die with mountains of debt if I I've accepted that, you know, but when the robots come and take me, I, I won't give a fuck. So it's fine.
1: <laughs> and you, you were going for the, the big mainstream theories. I'm, you know, you got, you got, but robots and climate change and nuclear Holocaust. What about like, what about the fringe stuff? Like, you know, sentient vegetables taking taking their revenge on us or something now that could happen too you never know you oh never my know god Matt has been uh,
3: getting into something recently. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that. I want some of it.
1: I'm trying to. I'm trying to kill some time before our guest gets out. What better than to be
3: ridiculous? Then, <laughs> like, like the 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 people from the cans on the other half beers. Like Cab Patches is going to come to life. Yeah, I mean he. I mean he the, looks the, like he could Libby be a cabbage, a, yeah. a good
1: Thai Cobb replica. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> just sharpen up those spikes and uh, start goring people to death. Which, by the way, and I can't remember who it was. I was listening to a Yankees game a couple weeks ago, and uh, the color commentator was talking about sharpening his spikes and sliding in um, spikes up to break up plays. And I was like, "You you can't say that these days. That, if you if you did that in a game today, you would get you would get plunked, you know, in perpetuity." I mean, yeah. it's probably Paul and
2: Neil. Right? Probably get suspended.
1: No, I thought it was.
2: I thought it was like K or Cone. I mean, they were talking. They were just like reminiscing or like, no, saying-
1: no, 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 no. They were critiquing someone's slide and saying they should have gone in harder and sharp, uh, sharpen, sharpen your spikes, go spikes up. And I'm like, Ooh, that's, wow. uh, for, for the non-baseball folks out there, that is something that. Um, Chase Utley ended. <laughs> uh, well, well, Ty Cobb, who is in the hall of fame, but is an all around terrible person um, between <laughs> racism and just, he's very, just mean, just a mean person you know, there's stories of him, like, getting shot in the back, um, chasing the guy, or getting stabbed, excuse me, chasing the guy down who stabbed him, pulling a gun on him. The gun misfired, so it beat the guy to death with just the gun and the sight on the gun. Then he got on a train went to Syracuse and played an exhibition baseball game and then got the stab wound taken care of because, you know, he's just a mean son of a gun. Um, But anyway, he's known for that, you know, for sharpening his spikes and sliding in and trying to, uh, you know, opposing players knew that he had sharpened spikes. And, um, you know, if you were a second baseman and Ty Cobb was bearing down on you, you would get out of the way. So,
2: but anyway, started with Ty Cobb, ended with Chase Utley and welcomes Andrew Otandi to the show.
4: (laughs) What's up, guys? I don't know that my name's ever been said with those two guys in the same sentence. Uh, <laughs> I guess compliment? I don't know. Ty Cobb, no longer seen as a, a, a good guy around Ooh. baseball history anymore.
1: Well, well, and I will say shout out to Jim Arts for uh, lending me the Al Stump Cobb biography back in the day. Um, and uh, letting me discover how truly terrible a person he was. That's how you um, came
4: with all those facts.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I will, I will, I will credit Al Stump for that. Um, I remember that one specifically because he went to Syracuse for an exhibition game back when mm-hmm. Syracuse was an attractive city on the East coast. Um, sorry, Syracuse. I love you, but come on. But anyway, <laughs> this is, we're not going to talk about Ty Cobb all
2: night. No, no. Nah, nah. Well, we got Andrew here. And uh, if, if those listening don't know, Andrew co hosts the Bronx pinstripes, it's been a fun season to this point. And uh, it's been nice to hear Andrew and Scott on the show. Be happy uh, for a pretty long stretch <laughs> on the podcast, <laughs> but uh been a frustrating couple of years. <laughs> so, uh, so far it's, it's been, it's been all, uh, it's been all good.
4: I was, it's funny, Colin, I was talking to someone earlier today, actually, and they are like, Oh, you must, you must have great podcast content. This is great. The Yankees got the best record in the league. I'm like, You'd think that, but it's actually easier to do a show when they're, I don't want to say stink because that's not fun. Believe me, the last couple of years of doing the show every every week were, were not fun. But when there's like more things you can point to to improve on, that's that's the ideal state. Uh, although I'm certainly not going to trade what's happened so far this year for for anything.
2: Yeah. So what, what's that been like? That was actually going to be one of my first questions is like, being a fan, but also being someone who heavily reports on the team for the podcast, like, have you been able to enjoy the specialness of the year so far?
4: Um, uh, probably not as much as just like a regular fan, but I don't even want to say it's because I, I do, you know, do the podcast or whatever. It's probably because there's more going on in my life now than there, there ever was before. It's like, I got a one and a half year old at home. So like, most of the time I'm watching the game on my iPad, which is what I'm doing right now uh, as I'm, as I'm doing other things around the house. So like certainly have probably not enjoyed the ride as much as I would if, as if there's like 10 years ago and I was just, you know, you know worried about my nine to five job. And that's really my only responsibility. I could just drink a few beers and, and watch the game every single night that those days for at least for a little while, I think are, are behind me, unfortunately. But I mean, the season's been, been great. I feel like the first, you know, other than the first two weeks where they looked like same old, same old and and people were acting like the sky was falling that (laughs) next, that next month or so stretch where they, they turned into the team we see right now. I still think people were like, well, let's see, let's see. Cause you know, we've seen enough of a sample over the past couple of years to think otherwise, but we're, in the middle of June and um, they don't even have 20 losses. So I feel, I feel like they're at least legit at this point. And now um, you know, it's, it's trying to identify the areas where they can improve because even though they've got the best record, they certainly can improve. Um, And, and maintaining from the guys that we've seen good stuff from so far.
2: What are um, some just based on your observations and everything like, the trade deadline's roughly a month away, and uh, so my question. Uh, stealing your question. Yeah, but, but he brought it up. I'm like, all right no, well, what good, are what good. are those areas we can improve on, yeah you know, well, the
4: team? I think bullpen depth, certainly, uh, I think we saw it uh, this week with the meltdown over the weekend in Toronto. Yeah. and then um you know, late in the game, uh, that even even the game that the, the Yankees won against Tampa um you know Clay Holmes hadn't given up a run since opening day he gives up a run and then and so it's like you kind of cross your fingers with Wandi Peralta I mean I I like what obviously I love what Holmes has done I love what King has done but with Chapman out and then a question mark whenever he does come back and Loisica like I feel like Loisica's injury is way more serious than anyone has let on he had this at the end of last year and it's sort of cropped up again like I don't think we can bank on Loizaga coming oh. back and being like a, a solid contributor. So, I think they need to acquire a bullpen arm. You know, we were talking on the pod like David Robertson is going to be available, um, and he's he's a quality guy that can pitch the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning, if, the ninth inning if you really need him to. Uh, but so you know, a guy or two like that who they can get some big outs from, um, I think, is probably the number one, the number one thing. Up until a couple of weeks ago, when I realized our Judge is actually like gonna be there just full time center fielder, I, I was thinking they <laughs> they should acquire someone who could play center field defense. But shit, I mean, Judge, judge is doing it just fine. So uh, I I wouldn't even say center field. And from a from a position player standpoint, okay, you add someone who's who's coming out who, who who's who's leaving the roster. Yeah. So it's it, in my mind it's really bullpen. Now injuries could happen injuries will happen because they always do but at this point it's it's bullpen. yeah Now
1: are you keeping your fingers crossed like I am? Um, I think it's a long shot but one of the one of the bullpen arm pieces that could come back into play is Zach Britton. They're saying he's ahead of schedule, but I'm still very skeptical based on how he ended last season or his last time games last
4: season. Yeah, we were actually looking at this. So he didn't have like full Tommy John surgery. He had like this new Tommy John procedure that is going to get him back sooner than ordinarily ordinarily would, which is like a year to a year plus normally for Tommy John. So yeah, he could be back, I guess, August. But like I I hate banking on a guy coming back from injury. Like, whatever you get from Britain is gravy in my mind. Like, don't plan your trade deadline around Zach Britton coming back and contributing.
1: Yeah, I would be happy with 80% of old Britain. Like, give me a sixth or a seventh guy who can reliably get out most of the time because, yeah, he doesn't look like he did. Uh, Loisaga doesn't look like he did. Uh, Ridings, who was only, what, we got six or eight innings out of him last year doesn't look like he's coming off the, the IL anytime soon. Um, the, you know, as much as I would love to see the red rocket back, uh, he's, you know, I don't know if he's a, a heavy leverage guy anytime soon. So yeah, I think we do need to add an arm. I just don't know who that might be.
4: Yeah. I think it's arms for it. So because it will be interesting what happens with the rotation as the summer goes on because Severino might need innings workload. Um, uh, Cortez might need some innings workload. Tyon might need some. Like literally, all of them except Cole might need might need innings workload. So you might be relying on more outside of your bullpen or spot starts from from guys. Um, or,
1: or Domingo again. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Don't rely on him. Don't plan on him.
4: Yeah, it could be Domingo Hermann. Like like like, who knows? I I think if we're talking about for the regular season, like adding another bullpen arm or two, certainly will add depth, which which is good if we want to like play this scenario out for the playoffs, it's like, they've got five legit starting pitchers right now. So they're not all going to start. So one of them will go to the bullpen. So that, that is a, another guy you can add to the bullpen for the playoffs, but so much will change between now and October. Like yeah. so yeah. much is going to change. I even feel, feel silly bringing that up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you, so we talk about the bullpen, I tend to agree there. I think like for me, it's so you're talking about management with the pitching staff. I'm starting to think about, you know, as much as judge has been killing it out in center, I'm like, I don't know. Do I want him playing 120 games out in center field this season? Like, is that ultimately going to be best for him? And so like one of the pieces I'm interested to see if they can find on the market or maybe they have somebody um, down in the system that they can call up to do this, but it's kind of like that Ben Zobris type player who can, you know, really play anywhere. And to me, the expendable player is Matt Carpenter. Like, I, I think that's, that's the, the easy one to take off the roster. I don't see what he's been doing standing up, you know, much longer. I think he's already been fading and it's like, yeah, he plays two positions, but know if you find someone who's got more versatility you can play infield and outfield positions and and you can move judge around and you can you know take take gallo and all those other guys like i think i think for me that add in a little bit more flexibility i i was thinking about this earlier today it's not tyler wade but it's someone way better than tyler wade so it's ben zobris that's why i came up with him (laughs) well well don't forget marwin
4: right Right. well well, marwin marwin kind of has a, a roster spot Always, as long as they don't have someone else who can play shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I know Glaber started at shortstop last night, but that's the first time all season. Yeah. And like, why mess with Glaber? He's been he's been back to what we saw pre pre um whatever whenever he made that switch twenty after they left twenty twenty was twenty twenty yeah yeah. So it's like we're we're seeing like the all star version of Glaber Torres back at second base. Like, don't mess with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that and that's why like it's when it, when I'm talking about that versatility, I'm talking about someone I don't know. Marwin can play center field. Like I'm talking someone who can no. spell judge and center yeah. and not be Aaron Hicks. Um, although <laughs> although Hicks has been having a decent June. Um, you
4: so know, so Tim LaCastro was actually playing well when he was on the roster yeah. before he got hurt, and he, he's a great defender really fast. So, like, I don't know, like like the, the thing is just like with the way their bench is they're doing this four man bench thing with marwin carpenter um backup catcher whoever's not playing <laughs> yeah. and then, and then um you know the the extra outfielder like that's what they've that's what they've been doing and it, it's working right so it's like if you add lacastro back that's carpenter's spot but lacastro can't play the infield so actually carpenter has more versatility than lacastro does true yeah uh so it's like, if you can find a player that can play corner infield and center field. Great. I don't think that guy exists though. <laughs> like, like, who Who is this? Who is this creative player you've, you've invented that is good enough to play center field and third base.
2: Yeah. 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 And it's almost like, it's a good problem to have. I mean, they've been relatively injury free and I know, Matt's favorite player Joey Gallo has not um, uh, performed. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong
4: on him too. I said he was going to lead the team in home runs this year.
1: Oh my god! Oh, going to sixty-five. I've hated on him since since we got him. I, I agreed with the move. I did. I did say I agreed with Cash making the move, but I've been critical of it since. So
4: yeah, how could you not be? He's been terrible. He's been terrible since they've acquired him. Uh, yeah i mean at least hicks is approaching like
1: hicks has almost got a better batting average than donaldson by now so he's at least approaching passable
4: there's been a couple stretches where joey gallo looks okay like you slice and dice the data it's like oh over his last 15 games he's got a 900 ops or it's like we you know we've done this a couple times where we've looked at it but it's just there's no consistency i talked to uh uh a couple of months ago when the season started, I talked to Brian Kenny from MLB Network. He was on the pod and he crushed Joey Gallo. And I was surprised because I figured Joey Gallo was like a, a Brian Kenny type of guy, like advanced metrics, like Joey Gallo, barrel percentage, all that, all that crap. And, and Brian Kenny was like, I just use my eyeballs with him. There's too many terrible, non-competitive at bats that just he's overmatched, does nothing, provides no value if there's runners on base doesn't move runners if if you need if you need some a fly ball he's going to swing and miss same pitch up in the strike zone at the letters every single time it's just too many at bats to end up in zero from Joey Gallo you know they've lived with it it's 1 out of 9 they've lived with they couldn't live with it the last couple of years when it was 6 out of 9 where yeah. where the zero at bats but now that it's really just Gallo Hicks for the most part has been been nothing like everyone else at least goes up to the plate and has a productive at bat in some way, even if it ends with an out, it's not like a completely trash at bat.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was most telling the other night when they pinch hit Trevino for Gallo. Yeah,
4: yeah that was
2: Sunday, right? Yeah, in Toronto. Yeah,
4: I mean, they after don't let,
2: after Gallo hit a homer, right in that game,
4: they don't let Gallo face left-handed pitching anymore. Mm. Like, like he's only facing right, which is fine. Like he's played his way out of a full-time player he's now a platoon player like that's what you that's you know that's what he's turned himself into it's fine but yeah they don't they don't let him face lefties anymore
1: do you think do you think he's traded by the end of july
4: no because like what do you like his salary is is 10 million yeah it's large enough where no one's just gonna be like, sure we'll take that like no there's he's a free agent after this year there's no point in trading him yeah. yeah. I mean, they could wave them. I guess if like push comes <laughs> to shove, you could wave them and then someone might claim them, but I don't see him being traded.
2: Yeah. There, there would have to be someone who, you know, like Mookie going down, like say it doesn't work out in Los Angeles with the uh, the replacements that they've had. Maybe they're looking for an outfielder. The Padres start running away with the division or something, but like, You'd you'd have to be in a, a pretty dire situation after how, how he's played the last two seasons to want to trade and take on that salary, you know.
4: Yeah. And you know, if you're the Yankees, it's like, what are you trading them for? <laughs> what are you gonna get back? A, right. a single A mid <laughs> mid-level like pitching prospect? Like you got 75 of them in the minors. <laughs> like it get he's it's like there's no point.
2: Yeah, it's not gonna get you the immediate return for this season. No. No, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Ethan, you've been pretty quiet. We've got like the bastion of Yankees
4: knowledge here. What's on your mind, uh, Ethan? Are are you a Yankees fan?
1: Oh yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, he's fucking. Uh, no, I'm just really tired. I slept like shit, and then I and then I had a long day. I'm really tired, but I did come prepared with one question for Andrew. I want to know on a scale of nine to (laughs) ten, how responsible is Aaron Boone for the Yankees' success this year?
4: Uh, so I'm recalling our last episode we did together. (laughs) I think we talked quite a bit about Aaron Boone. Yeah, we did. (laughs) The best compliment a manager can get is when you don't talk about him. He's like the umpires. If you don't notice the manager, if he doesn't get in the way of winning, that means he's doing his job. Boone has done that. He has not gotten in the way of winning. He's pushed a couple, he's pushed some right, right buttons, like him moving him, identifying I don't know if it's him or who, whatever judge centerfield pretty much full time. That's worked out him basically removing Higgy from catching Cole and putting Trevino in there. It's like, if we want to say one guy's a starting catcher, it's kind of Trevino. Okay. Mm-hmm. So th- that's been a right move. So he he's done a lot of good things, but I mean, ultimately if we're, if we're like giving credit in a, in a credit pie, uh, you got to give more credit to Cashman for the pieces that he's built this ro- this current roster with. And even like Matt Blake and the, the mm-hmm. pitching coaches for turning the pitching staff into the best in baseball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think Matt Blake does not nearly get enough credit as he should. Um And there's still other moves that he's making right now. I, I sent Ethan and Colin a note a couple weeks ago, uh, when, when the Yankees picked up Danny Salazar um, and, and Ethan and Connell were like, who's that? And I was like, he was a decent pitcher for the Indians, but that, that was, that's a Matt Blake move. That's something he worked with in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, uh, high ceiling, high potential, stash him in triple A. If it works out great, if it doesn't, no, no big deal. But I mean, the amount of success that I think we can attribute to to his work is incredible. And um. I'm really glad we took a you know kind of took a chance on him, right? He was just a, a director of pitching development or a directing of pitching analytics or some some weird title that the Indians had. And
4: I mean, he was he was at a he was at a college in Massachusetts, and then he went to Cleveland, and then he came to the Yankees. He was never yeah. he was never a pitching coach prior yeah. to prior to being with the Yankees. And we're seeing the first couple of years. Obviously, it was during during COVID and weird seasons. Like I feel like this is probably the first. Uh, full. I don't. You know. I guess last year was the first full season. But we're we're, we're seeing the more normal the efforts that he's put in over the past year and a half translate into into this season. But but like also the the pitching staff was good last year. Yeah. But it wasn't this good. But it, but the pitching staff was not the reason the Yankees stunk last year. It was the offense and the defense being terrible? Like that's another thing. Good defense. Like smart baseball players. Like making aggressive plays on the base paths, not making outs on the bases. So good base running and just catching the ball is another reason why this team has been night and day versus last year.
2: Yeah. And that reminds me, I've said it to Matt and Ethan a bunch of times, and I've said it to you, Andrew in in separate conversations, the best move this offseason was the addition by subtraction. Getting rid of Gary Sanchez was just, just a game changer. Like you, you can just see, A totally different, uh, uh, you know. uh, Gary's great. He, he, no, he's not. He's a good, he's not. Thank
4: you. Thank you. I I try not to be too harsh. Like, we (laughs) wanted Gary Sanchez to be great because we saw him be great in 16 and 17. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. since then, he was not great. Yeah. And everything that Gary Sanchez represented, and it's not entirely his fault, but, but the what he represented from the all or nothing at bats. To the, to the terrible defense and pitchers not trusting him, to, to the uncertainty of if he's even the starting catcher or not, and that circus controversy,
2: mm-hmm.
4: all of that represented the reasons why this team failed in, in 2020 and 2021. And like you said, removing that, putting two catchers that are not brand names, but just are going to do their job, Like Trevino's the number one framer in baseball. That is another huge reason why the pitching staff has been so good.
1: Yeah, we've got two like backup plus catchers. And yeah, um, Higgy is underperforming. And I'd say Trevino is overperforming, but combined, what they mean to the team is enormous. Like it, whether it's defense pitching, the offensive production that Trevino's had, like, and and yeah, I was I was kind of trying to rub it in Colin Ethan's Colin and Ethan's face the other night, like Trevino getting it done at the plate, whether it's needing a sack fly or getting a walk. I mean, he's had two walk-off hits this year. Yeah, he's got almost as many home runs as Joey Gallo. Like, you know, right. can he's he been... can he sustain this? No. But is what? he a huge reason that we're having success? Yeah.
4: Like he's not going to be a, I think he was like a 130 WRC plus offensive player, which means he's 30% better than league average. Like, no, he, he's not that, but he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to be that. No, He's going to still always be good defensively. And, you know, the funny thing is Higgy, he always got credit for being such a good framer. He's he's like middle of the pack for framing so far this year. Um, But maybe that he just got so much credit because he was being compared to Gary Sanchez. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, overall, the catching the catching tandem has been valuable.
2: Yeah, and I don't think you, none of us are in the clubhouse, so we're never going to be able to make this direct link. But, I mean, you see the, part of it, the reason that Glaber's playing better is because I think he's in his more comfortable, natural position at second base. But, yeah, from what's been reported, Glaber and Gary were relatively close. And, I mean, I, I just have to think there's some correlation there between – the attitude that glaber had the last couple years versus the way that he's playing now and and i and i also think like cashman really did send a message to the team where it's like we don't care what you did in the past like we'll trade you like if if it's not working out we'll get rid of you so um you know i think that probably lit a fire too
4: glaber and geo were super close too and and mm, they got yeah, they got rid yeah. of Gio too. So it's like you got rid of Glaber's two buddies. Maybe those two buddies weren't the best influence on him because yeah. he, he he got he was just getting worse and worse. Like he was on a trajectory to be to be like out of baseball before yeah. he's 28 years old. That's how bad he was going. Like he, he was on this trajectory where it's like the Yankees were gonna give up on him, and then some team would would pick him up, and it was like his last chance. It's like if he doesn't catch on with Colorado Rockies or the freaking Kansas City Royals. That's it for Gleba Torres. Like Glenn Frazier. (laughs) Frazier, You see, he's changing his name. Changed his name. What
3: what is this? I saw a headline. Jackson, I think.
4: It's his middle name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just love that he was giving the Yankees shit and then like the next day he was cut.
4: Not the next day, (laughs) like five hours later. (laughs) Didn't even, didn't even, in New York, (laughs) didn't even get to play a game against the Yankees. he's such i was a defender of clint frazier because i feel like he was like in certain instances was getting unnecessary criticism but like mm-hmm. dude no one to shut the hell up
1: yeah mm-hmm. i mean similar to gary he had well, uh, a season and a half where he was very valuable and where he looked like a okay maybe just one season yeah, yeah. where he looked like a world leader.
4: no but i mean he never even had the success gary had like gary sanchez was an all-star. oh no
1: yeah yeah no he wasn't he wasn't a Potential Rookie of the Year candidate for half a season.
4: Yeah. But, no, like he had he had a flash. Uh, uh, he's just one of these guys, I think, that thought he was owed something and yeah. never got that. I mean, con- the concussion, I think, probably didn't help. Yeah. So I feel bad. I feel bad for that. That he – he. when was that, 2019 that he had the, the season-long yeah. concussion that problems? That was
3: his best year. I'm looking at it now. 69 games that year. That's his career high. 806 OPS. Like – he was playing well that year. Yeah, and I so think was it, it was like middle was that, of the year that it happened.
4: But he, no, training. he got concussed in spring training. So I might be mixing up the years.
3: Oh, but here's here's something. This is depressing. Now I'm going off a of baseball reference, right? So I'm looking at 2019 and I'm like, "Oh yeah, so he had an 806 OPS. He played that's his career high games played, 111 OPS plus, 12 homers, you know, solid year." Go down to the uh to the player value stuff. Now, obviously we know defensive stats can vary wildly depending on what it is, but in 2019, on a baseball reference, oh, yeah. he was negative point negative 0.1 His offense was 0. 0.8 His defense was negative one point two in 69 games. Holy yeah, fuck.
4: that was that was the season that he like had the yips out in right field. Yeah. Remember Jesus. that game against the Red Sox where it's like he that. just completely whiffed on like three fly balls. Yeah, Oof. he was completely lost. um He he had you know he was okay offensively and actually he was good offensively in the COVID season. Yeah. But, I think he had a pretty good season offensively in 2020. Yeah. I remember I correctly. Right.
3: Yeah. He actually was playing really he well. He started. In 2020. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 905 and OPS.
4: 905 OPS. Um, and then obviously just never, he had a chance I think in 2021, but uh, you know, he just could never put it together. And he, Brett Gardner kept taking his job away from him, <laughs> which all the way, all, by the way, also, Brett Gardner, the greatest, the greatest team leader in Yankees history, no longer on the Yankees and the Yankees have the best record in baseball. (laughs) I'm not saying anything bad about Brett Gardner. I just think we all overrated how valuable he was in that clubhouse the past couple of years.
1: Oh, come on. Don't you guys miss the. The the vandalism to dugout roofs.
4: I do not miss a forty year old man throwing a temper tantrum every time he struck out. No, I don't. I just remember any time
1: like, he play the like the Yankees would play the Indians. All my Cleveland friends would be like,
4: Brett Gardner is such a bitch. Like
1: he struck out. Just go sit down. And I was like, Yeah, it's kind of kind of true.
4: I I like Brett Gardner. I just think like as a fan base, we overrated the impact that he was having in that clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just. That was simply that.
2: Do we do we think Guardy's done? Like, there's no chance he's coming back at this point, right?
4: Uh, I joked like he'll have a contract by by July, but the team's going so well that they, you know, where what would he do?
1: Yeah. Well, right. He he turned down. Right. He got an offer from the Blue Jays, a pretty yeah, meaty offer that he turned down. So yeah.
4: If he's he not going to
1: take that, then I think he's done. You're right.
4: He would. It, and, like, let's play out the scenario, right? Like, the Yankees need a defensive outfielder who can run the bases. I'll take Tim LeCastro over Brett Gardner at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. at Brett, age... can you play
1: third base?
4: <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay, uh, Left, yeah. Lefty third baseman. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think he's done. He'll have a, he'll have a fun applause at, at old-timers day.
1: If anything, <laughs> the Yankees do have an outfielder that can play third base. It's just not someone I would trust in center field, and that's Andujar. No, oh but, yes, but, again, again, would oh trust in center field. So, not going to make that leap. But I'm just saying, we do have a third baseman that can play outfield. He's I'm not sure. a third
2: baseman.
4: I think uh, he has probably. a better chance of playing center field this year for the Yankees than third base. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs>
2: yes. Between Carpenter, Donaldson, and LeMahieu, yes. Yeah. Once he didn't start that, what was it, the 2018 Division Series game? Against the the Red Sox, I was like, they clearly don't trust him at third base, even though he had a great hitting season. Yeah. Like, that's just the nail in the coffin for me. Yeah. yeah.
4: What they who they start Hetchavaria? The Hetchavaria. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, man, I <laughs> forgot about that. God. Was <laughs> he another one we stole from the t- the the t- Pirates, or was he a Tigers acquisition? That I can't remember. Who knows?
3: Just who knows? um, real quick, Guardi hit twenty eight homers in twenty
4: nineteen. Oh, I remember. 2019, what the homers. fuck
3: was happening with the balls that year I mean that's the year Glaber hit 38 what was yeah. going on with the balls
4: yeah. it was a, it Brett was a Gardner, golf ball
3: 28, 28 <laughs> homers as a 35 year old Brett Gardner what the fuck what was Go his to... career high besides that year well like... he actually hit 21 in 2017 which I'm thinking maybe the balls were a little bit juicy then too but... yeah yeah uh, the, ball, and then, the yeah. balls
4: the balls were juiced at midseason 2016 that's when oh. that athletic article that ah. like that, like, went in-depth about the baseballs. Like, the change happened mid-season 2016.
3: That explains it, then, yeah.
4: Now, a couple couple quick stats. So, number one, Judge hit his 26th
1: tonight. Mm -hmm. The 1998 Yankees, the team leader in home runs that year was Tina Martinez, 28. Wow. The Judge is about to surpass (laughs) that. And also, the Yankees have four players on pace for 30-plus home runs this year. Stanton Rizzo, Torres, and Judge. They've wow. never had that happen before, so I hope we pick really? that up.
4: Oh. Never in history—that's surprising. That's never.
1: So I heard that last night during the game. So I'm hoping that the uh, that comes to fruition. So because uh,
4: because I've seen this question posted a bunch online. Who are you taking the twenty eight the twenty twenty two Yankees or the ninety eight Yankees? Mm. Oof. it's not even close, guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm taking this team. I'm taking even this team though, even too. Even though
2: even though we don't know the the outcome yet, this team's way better.
4: How are you saying that? <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, yeah, they had they had two hall at least two hall of famers, what Jeter and Rivera. Yeah, Jeter
4: um, led the team in WAR
2: that year. Remember that? So yeah, I I but I just th- this team is stacked in my opinion.
4: Like, oh, and the '98 team wasn't stacked.
2: No, no, they were. The '98 team had depth. I'll give them that, like maybe some of the depth that we were talking about earlier in the episode, like what they're that may be the one thing that they're missing right now. But you put their top nine out against that 98 top nine, like this team's going to win nine times out of ten.
4: Yeah, I mean I guess up and down the lineup the names you know some of the names on the ninety-eight team probably don't look as sexy. Like there was a lot of veteran guys that had, had really good years.
1: Hadeki Arabu.
4: Yeah, Hadeki Arabu. <laughs> uh, but like they had they had um you know Daryl Strawberry playing left field, they had Chili Davis, had, yeah, Chili yeah, Davis. Curtis, Scott yeah. Um, but I mean if it, sometimes I, I think the ninety-nine team was almost more complete than the 98 team yeah um they just didn't win as many games which sounds stupid but uh, i just don't think they tried as hard probably <laughs> <laughs> uh that 99 team was a wagon um i don't know we'll see we'll see where this where this it's a co- it's a different game though it's like a completely yeah. different game yeah. also it's like you, you i saw people comparing the pitching stats and they're like oh the, the 2.80 all right 2, 2.9 ERA. The league average ERA in 1998 was like 4.8. Okay, like you can't compare the ERA numbers. You have to look at the yeah. league average numbers. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what do what do we think about um, you know Judgy matching Maris um, at, at the very least? Think we can get there?
4: Uh, it'll it'll. I mean, I guess for him, it'll see how he how he stays healthy throughout the yeah, summer yeah. and like he stays healthy, yeah see how he stays strong. Mark McGuire always used to he did that documentary about the 98 season recently, like maybe three, four years ago. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, you know, not so, uh, you know subtly was like oh the hardest part was was staying strong through the middle of the summer when when it's the dog days of august it's like how did i stay strong i took a bunch of steroids and i got it yeah no it's not a
1: steroid it's just something that your body converts to a steroid (laughs) but when i took it it wasn't a steroid like but like
4: so with judge we saw him sit last night he hadn't sat i think since april 30th and over the past four or five games he was in a little bit of a slump hadn't hit a home run was in a little bit of a slump like that happens when you play every day you get tired so i you know i think they're gonna have to manage that for him
2: yeah yeah that's i i think he could do it i i don't know i just i i'm not doubting aaron judge the person and the player because obviously he's phenomenal but like i just can't see him playing 120 games 120-plus games in center field, being completely healthy and mashing 65 homers or whatever pace he's on right now. I mean, I hope he proves me wrong, but that that just doesn't seem realistic to me right now.
1: Let me just tell you, if he hits 60 this year, I will drive to Baltimore and I will piss all over Camden Yards because <laughs> fuck that left field <laughs> And the two home runs that it's taken oh. away from Judge so far this year. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to be so angry. That's like, A- Andrew, I've seen two games in, in Camden so far this year, and I'm pissed at both of them because I hate that left field right now. Like, oh,
4: I kind of, I, I mean, I hear you that they, they, they stole home runs from Judge. I like that the Orioles changed their park, though. Like, they weren't, they weren't against changing the dimensions of their field to better their team. Now, I think they maybe made it a little bit too drastic because it's freaking huge now. The the park
1: factor shift was just incredible. Like, oh, one of the most hitter friendly parks went to one of the most pitcher-friendly parks in one year. And they're estimating 18 home runs have been taken away because of that. Yeah.
4: Well, Stanton hit the first home run to left field by a visiting player when they were there in May. It was like a full month of games before a visiting player hit home run to left field. Yeah. If give, given the choice between a like a band box and a pitcher friendly park, I'll take a pitcher friendly park. It's just I feel like it's overall more fair than just like pop ups leaving. Like sometimes the home runs to Yankee Stadium right field, I'm just like, oh god, really? Like we're doing this, whether it's the Yankees or the opposing team. I'm like that's a that is a medium deep fly ball at every other stadium, and that's two rows deep. Come on. You know, when I was
1: when I was there on Labor Day last year, there was two home runs the Blue Jays hit that were just like, oh, that's a pop out. Oh wait! Oh, oh oh That's a home run! Uh, yeah. oh, shit. Twice,
4: so, like uh, it's it all evens out.
2: You guys have any other Yankee specific questions? I have one more baseball question uh, that all of us I think should chime in on, but I'll see if you guys have anything. Does does IKF hit a home run this year?
1: Like, <laughs> I mean, not a
4: Camden yards. He doesn't. I'm, I'm
1: happy. Like he's a good addition. Um, Especially, you know, Michael Kaylo's talking about how he's like the third string catcher on the team, too. He, he seems to bring it up all the time, even though he probably won't catch a game this year. But
4: um, I think he I think he ends up poking one out to right field at Yankee <laughs> Stadium, like a
1: three hundred and sixteen footer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the stack right Castle the
4: pole. stack Castle will tell us it's a home run in one out of 30 parks. But yeah, he'll, one, or know, two, seven one or two, one or two. Maybe it would have
1: gone out around the pesky pole or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
4: I'd, I'd say if you put the over/under at one and a half, I'll take the under. But <laughs> but I do think I do think he'll he'll hit one. Whatever. He had
1: seven one year, seven or eight, and when he was with the Rangers. But again, that was in the old Ranger Stadium, which was just
2: a Homer Dome. So was that one of the the juice ball years too? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I I just he got real close. I was, I was joking about it with my brother the one day and he, he did poke one out to right field at Yankee stadium. And I think it went like five feet foul. And I was like, literally that's the only way, like if he hits the foul pole, like I mean, he's gotta
1: like, be better than Jason Tyner. Come on. Do you guys remember Jason Tyner? He's gotta be better than him. Right. Oh God, I like got about that guy. one professional home run in the race system forever. He, he oh, looked like, good. um, if you took like first round draft pick. Yeah, but like he looked like if Jeremy played baseball right now, and like I'm talking like high school Jeremy, Ethan's brother. Um, no, no, no slight to Jeremy, but I'm just saying he does not look like a pro athlete. So
3: <laughs> Jeremy now is pretty ripped, I have you. Know. I know
1: Jeremy
2: now. Jeremy now looks more like a pro athlete. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he took the CC Sabathia route, got ripped after his athletic days. <laughs> well, okay. Well,
1: wait, wait, wait. Speaking of that, that's a good a good segue has anyone else seen the kyle farnsworth pictures yes
4: oh He's what the ripped. fuck kyle Go- farnsworth? Go- <laughs> googling them as we speak what, what i do would I do Google that them? right now bodybuilder kyle farnsworth? Like daily- kyle farnsworth bodybuilding okay yeah, daily yeah. objections
1: yeah. in the ass because holy shit <laughs> oh that's hilarious wow as, oh. as my former co-worker at the environmental lab in syracuse that i worked at said like Farnsworth could throw a fucking fastball through a car wash and it couldn't get wet, but the guy still hit home <laughs> runs every time because it doesn't move.
4: You know what's like, funny? He's still like in the picture. He still's got the same glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I was thinking yeah. that.
4: Yeah. Wow! So holy good.
1: shit!
3: Oh.
4: Uh, <laughs>
2: It's huge. Crazy. Sorry.
1: I know, Colin, you have one more question, but when you said that, I had to bring up Farnsworth because when I saw that today, I went, Holy crap.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, that that was good. Uh, no. So, my question um, I was listening, The, the Athletic has a, a daily podcast. So I, actually, this is a complete opposite of you, Andrew. I feel like this season has gotten me more into baseball um, even though I have an almost two-year-old terrorizing the house as well uh, but so I, I listen you know to your guys podcast and I'm listening to like as, as much baseball and The Athletic has a daily podcast and today they had a um, they had a round table and they were talking about what constitutes as a dynasty in baseball and I don't remember which one of them. So I don't even remember the three people who were, who were on the round table. But they were basically – one of the guys was like the Dodgers. The current Dodgers iteration is a dynasty. And they were saying that the Braves, like back in the 90s, that was a dynasty. And I'm like, how can you say the Braves were a dynasty when the Yankees were the dynasty of the 90s and, and everything? So I'm just like, what do you – like, are you guys – reasonable people who think a dynasty is is like you have to win multiple championships within like a, a certain year window or like what what's what's dynasty for you in the sport of baseball andrew you go first
4: you definitely have to win more than one championship and okay. you definitely have to win your one championship can't be the COVID championship sorry Dodgers
2: <laughs> yeah 100%. yes yes um, yes that too oh
4: my God. do you consider the early 2010s Giants a dynasty
1: that's a good question Was they won the five <laughs>
4: three and five years they won right. three championships but I believe I gotta I gotta verify 10, 12, this and
2: 14 I think
4: um yeah 10 12 14 mm-hmm. I, I have to verify this as we're going through this so they won in 2010. In 2011, they didn't make the playoffs. They yeah. won in 2012. In 2013, they didn't make the playoffs. They won mm-hmm. in 2014. 2015, they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So they did win three championships in five years, which on the surface of it is definitely a dynasty. But then they didn't make the freaking playoffs the next year.
3: No dynasty. Nope.
4: So like they're, in my mind, still closer to a dynasty than the, uh, the Dodgers are.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. But like even that, I'm like, you can't go – all or nothing every year you have to be a dynasty in my mind is for a long span call it a decade you are always a championship contender and then sometimes you win the championship
2: sustained excellence for a decade yeah i like that Yeah. yeah 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 and i think i think the yankees team of the 90s exemplifies that and i think like in basketball the golden state warriors exemplify that as well uh, four championships in eight years. So that's that's almost a decade of being really competitive outside of what last year when they had a bunch of injuries or, or whatever, but a uh, uh, different sport. But Guys. yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't give them that much credit because <laughs> I've seen it too. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. No, but
4: yes, no, yes. Network ju- is just talking about this.
2: Farnsworth is on.
4: Oh, oh, that was on. Oh, because you have the game on. I have the game on. Like right. literally, they're just showing this on you. I'm not listening, obviously. But like, oh, uh... that's hilarious. I think he wow. did have the same glasses on
2: in those pictures.
4: Oh, did man. these pictures like just surface today or something? Uh, yeah. yesterday and today,
1: I yeah. So. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, it was one of those like, holy fuck! Like, <laughs> what the hell, man? He was our setup guy for like two years.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Ninety-eight with no movement. Yep. Uh, Kyle Gasoline on the Fire of Farnsworth.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would I would probably say no to the Giants too, just because they didn't. They were like a uh, more compact, better version of what the Red Sox were between like 2007 and 2018. Like the Red Sox won. What they finished dead last in 2012, and then they won the World Series in 2013, mm-hmm. and then they were like so-so for all those years in between and then they were the best team in baseball in 2018 and and they've been kind of so-so since then like
4: i I mean you could make an argument for the braves of the 90s because they did win their division like 13 straight years yeah 14 i think yeah they had the best record over that span uh, in baseball and they did make the championship three times even though they only won it one oh four times they made the championship four times early in the 90s against the twins they lost Mm-hmm. They beat they beat Cleveland, then they lost to the Yankees twice. So at least they got to the championship four times over that 13 years. So it's like, you know, borderline dynasty, Giants, borderline Judge dynasty. just hit another homer. Nice. Okay. Woo.
3: Giants were under five hundred by the way, in 2013, in between two of those titles. Yeah, well, yeah. And,
1: and I'll you say that, that, Colin, for yeah. your Warriors thing. Like in 2019, the Warriors were 15 and 50.
2: Yeah, and I'm Finals pretty sure Clay 15. and Steph were out. That, and
1: then, but in 2021, 2020, 2021, they were 39 and 33 and they finished eighth.
2: Yeah. And clay was out again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a totally different sport. It's really hard to compare because but they've like, also won like four
3: titles in seven years. I feel yeah, like that four and of eight ways,
2: right? Yeah. I mean, it, but that's the difference is like, you can have, if, if you're, if you're a truly, if your depth is really good in baseball, like you can withstand like, like the Braves did last year having an injury to one of your star players. Like if you lose a star player in basketball or two star players, like the warriors did, like you're done. Like there's, there's no coming back from that, but that's also the flip side is like, you just need two really great players in basketball and, and you can win a lot. Uh, whereas in baseball, Oh, yeah, not the case. that was a drive. We well, again, we
1: talked about this before, like, you know, offensively judge can only affect the game four or five times a game versus yeah. You can give the ball to Curry every time they go up the court, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's the big the big dif- difference, in my opinion. You know, you can Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball every down for the Packers. Steph Curry can have the ball every possession for the Warriors. Judge only going to be up four or five times a game, maybe.
4: Yeah. 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 So it's more of an argument for you can't go first place to last place yeah. in between your championships. Uh, even if the Giants were in the playoffs those other years, and you know one and done in the playoffs, they're at least they're at least in the playoffs. Yeah, and you can make an argument for it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the Dodgers would need to win another championship, and then and then maybe they've got a case because they've been the best yeah. team, they've been the best franchise in baseball for ten years. Uh, they've made the playoffs every year, and this would if they win another championship, then probably got to give it to them because they did make two others.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say how many other times. 2017 and 18 17 and 18 yeah 18 yeah oh right yeah Yeah.
3: and they've won i'm looking uh and
4: and like i mean you can't do this because who knows but like if you know do they have a legit claim to that 2017 championship
3: like oh right yeah and they won 104 games and then 106 games twice i mean we talked about this on a pod episode a long while back andrew but You know, we went and we looked through like baseball history. You know, 101 wins, 102 wins, not that uncommon, right? Even 103 wins a few times, but for whatever reason, up around 104, 105, it has not happened much in history. So the fact that the Dodgers have won 104 and 106 twice since since 2017, that's pretty fucking impressive. And I think since
2: 2017,
4: yeah, yeah, we've seen it. We've (laughs) seen 100 wins more over the past couple years. Let's call it five years, like. The there was um you know obviously last year wasn't it last year the Giants and the Dodgers both won 107, 100 and 107 I think right yeah that's crazy yeah uh, yep. fairly recently didn't the Cubs the Cardinals and the Brewers all win like ninety nine plus like didn't that happen in in a in a recent year it had to be making that up it had Probably. to be
2: either twenty nineteen or twenty twenty one last year. Cubs won one Oh three in 2016 or, Oh, right. Yeah. The Cubs, the Cubs haven't been good. Yeah. So, it so was maybe, maybe,
4: back. maybe I'm mistaken. that anyway. It's like then a couple of years ago, the Yankees twins and Astros all won hundred games. So we're seeing a lot of top heaviness in the league mm. and then a lot of bottom feeders, which, mm. which allows teams to win hundred games is because yeah, right, you, right. Go, point, you go, you yeah. go, you go nine and one against a team. You well, go, it's
1: like, wait, they they were bringing up like the, the rays going, what was it? 18 and one against the yeah. Orioles last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like that only happens when you've got teams tanking like the Orioles. Yeah, right. exactly.
2: Uh, so Ethan texted us like a week ago and torque Torkelson, Torkelson, whatever. Uh, Spen- yeah, the, Spencer Torkelson for the Tigers. Yeah. For the he's Tigers. He's like, he's playing atrocious. And I was like, well, he's their first baseman. Cause they're not going to give money. The, the whole reason they traded the dude who hit four homers in a row against the Yankees is because they didn't want to pay him. Like, that that's the whole economics of baseball right now. That's so out of whack is it's like, it's not just the Rays. There's, there's so many of those bottom feeders that don't want to pay any money, including the Orioles who I can't stand as an organization. Well, and, but remember
1: the, the Tigers did just, did. They,
2: I mean, they signed Javi Baez. Like they, mm-hmm. they are spending. Okay. They spent for one player. Yeah. But as, as we just talked about, Javi Baez is not going to win them. World yeah, Javi <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but that that that's was... I think that's why you see so, so many hundred win teams though, is because it's like those those Oriole teams in the past few years they they've been terrible, like awful.
4: So it was night. It was 2015. God, that was way longer ago than I thought it was. Wow. The, the Cardinals won 100. The Pirates won 98, and the Cubs won 97. In the same division. You had three mm. ninety-seven plus win teams in one in division. The same division.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. They would have been uh all three playoff teams if the current format
4: was in play. They all of them had better records than any team in the American League.
3: <laughs> wow. Um, really quickly before we move on, and since we are shitting on the Orioles and we're looking at team records and stuff and we're talking about top heavy and bottom heavy. Since 2018, we're not going to count COVID year, so let's count the three full seasons: 2018, 19, and 21. The Orioles lost 115 games, 108 games, and 110 games. Disgusting, inexcusable. Despicable. Yeah, inexcusable. Yeah. like, how do they still have any fans? Like, like this is like this is like Cleveland Browns territory. Like after they shine, after they sign like Deshaun Watson or something, and, and you're just like, you know what? can't I can't support
4: this franchise anymore. that's like, what the Astros did for the first half of the of the 2010s. Yeah, then, I
3: guess that's true, huh? Yeah. They got Correa, Bregman. Right. At they, least they were smart with and they got
4: good players. They they yeah, Springer. Like they got yeah. they got Altuve. They they got, they got fucking loaded. Yeah. They were loaded. Well, the breaking. the
2: Orioles have that catcher, he's supposed to be good. Yeah. But yeah. outside of that, I don't know. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Adley Rutschman. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, Astros three years in a row one hundred six, one hundred seven, and one eleven losses. So yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty terrible too. Well, uh,
1: oh, but but to to explain this back around then, how many years did the Yankees miss the playoffs?
4: Two since when? Oh, I thought you were talking about like before since like since 96. we've been alive. I don't know since oh, oh, 08 and and 2016. 13. 13. No. Yeah. 2013. And, and 14, yet we still have, you know, 13, I, I
1: 14,
3: and 16.
1: It's a nice shining example. And again, people shit on Cashman, myself included, sometimes. But it's a nice shining example of you don't have to do that. Cashman's like the best GM in the game. Yeah.
4: It's <laughs> not what we were all saying six months ago. <laughs> no,
3: I know. But, see, but Kay did go off on another show Andrew? last week. <laughs>
0: I've,
3: like, been, I've been a cash homer for ages.
4: i'm not ready to call cashman the best gm in the game Mm. yet
1: (laughs) i'll take consistently top five yeah sure. yeah (laughs) that's different
4: Uh. (laughs) that
2: is different (laughs) that's what all the all the mets quote-unquote magic that they're having this year i'm like hmm buck show walter yankee billy epler yankee like there's a lot of yankee magic in that met magic yeah right? really yeah That's i don't right.
1: want to take credit for buck Walter though so you can just he's an Oreo.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and he's a ranger before that and a yeah. back before that i don't want yeah. to take credit
1: for buck Walter.
2: spent more time in the yankee organization than all those other organizations combined I we, think. we can we can uh
3: indirectly give gene michael the credit there you
1: go, yeah. <laughs> okay. Always good to have a stick reference.
4: So yeah, apparently yeah. the Jeter documentary that comes out on ESPN is going to spend a lot of time talking about Gene Michael and how he had good. his fin- It's not going to spend a lot of time
3: talking about A-Rod, apparently. Interesting, interesting.
4: His fingerprints <laughs> on the organization Dynasty. in the 90s. Yeah.
3: Well, that'll be fascinating, actually.
4: I hope so. I mean, hopefully, yes. Jeter's cheater's on like an all-out promo tour now yeah. for this thing. Joining Instagram, joining Twitter.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. He's gone from like never being heard of to today. He was uh, tweeting at Jeter down saying, uh, "I hope you have a great season, just not against the Yankees." I was like, "Where did this come from?"
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's actually him running the thing, but yeah, his right. name on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. in the blue yeah, check yeah, mark, right? <laughs> good stuff mm-hmm. all right boys well i think we got all the yankee talking that we can get for one episode glaber mm-hmm. might hit a go ahead 2 run homer here but that's uh that's about it what i've got unless you guys got anything
1: the cleveland guardians are in first
4: place they've been hot
2: what Dude, the, the central heck? the central in the american league and the national league no team has 40 wins yet
1: the i know they're garbage wins. but still The Cleveland Guardians, which, you know, they're just like, you know, the Shane Bieber, Jose Ramirez, and then a bunch of like guys they found at the Rock Hall, like I said last (laughs) week, like, hey, hey, you want to play baseball? Okay, cool. Like, first place. So uh, that is pretty amazing. Holy shit. Yeah.
4: The the Twins. I wanted to bring up the twins are tanking the white Sox, that was their division to lose and they're losing it yeah fucking well, yeah, we, tony larusa La baby the, 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 yeah. the guys have
1: already talked about how much larusa's fucking things up but um him. pardon
2: the language
3: yeah you need to apologize for your language on this podcast we rarely ever say swear words yeah i hope i
2: hope you don't have the baby monitor close by andrew
3: <laughs> <All> i <right>, Stella. <laughs> that's all, all. Right. that's all i wanted to bring up that Holy crap. That's very cool. Um, really quickly, the Braves actually won five pennants. They went to the series in ninety one and
1: ninety
3: two. Oh. Yeah. Oh, right. They lost they yeah, lost to the, the, Braves Blue Jays. the Blue Jays. Yeah. 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 So Braves. five pennants between ninety one and ninety nine. And I'm looking at their records, and actually if you include all the way up to two thousand and three and you go back to ninety one, it's pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah. well um, no, they
4: were they were sustained excellence. Yeah, They really, just needed yeah. One, they more won one more
3: title like unequivocal like and they should dynasty.
4: like let's be objective here guys that 96 title oh. that was that was theirs <laughs> yeah. okay they're up they're up 2-0 going home and they blew it yeah they the yankees blew it. the yankees i think the fact that they went on to become a dynasty softens the blow for the for the braves but say the yankees just didn't turn into the the late 90s yankees the Braves are looking back at that 96 title. Like, holy shit. Did we blow that?
2: Yeah. Yep. yep, Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think they still feel that way. I've heard like Chipper Jones talk about, you know, how, how that's the one that got away. But I mean, they, they talk about all the time how, I mean, in I think it was like game two, Uh game one was the blowout, but game two, like Maddox shut them down and they were like in the dugout, just like this, this is over. Like they would yeah. just relax. The series is over and, and everything. And, and uh yeah, I think, I think like if we, we talked about this with Joe Torrey a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, like, I think if you like go back in time and you see some of the decisions that Bobby Cox made, you can very clearly see why they didn't win, even though they had, you know, arguably a, a great team. Um, one of the, one of the best teams at, at year, year in and year out, but you know, Bobby probably just wasn't a great tactical manager at the end of the day. Um, just yeah. had a lot cool. of good talent and, yeah, you know, they wonder in the regular season, but yeah, you're right. and Andrew's right. Like that very well could have
1: been like the Yankees don't become a dynasty and it's, it's the Indians, you know, the 97 Indians become <laughs> the dominating force for the next five years. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that roster enough. Oh yeah.
2: Um, yeah. And yet, you know, yeah, but I don't, th- I don't think that roster stayed together all that long.
1: No, like, uh, I, I mean, after, after Jose Mesa in 97, I just kind of,
4: yeah, they, they they probably the end of that run for them probably ended when Manny signed in Boston. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. What's that like 2000, 2001?
4: I think it was 2000. That. I think it was 2001.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, at that point, Bell was gone. Yeah. Comey was leaving for Philadelphia soon.
4: Right. Manny's but they, gone. They still had Manny, Tomy, Omar, Alomar,
2: Richie Sexton. Yeah. Richie Sexton. No, wow. did they have
4: Richie Sexton on that team?
2: got to be the, close. David close.
3: Justice was on the 97 team. Yeah, Justice, Justice was great. And
2: he, and he was good then, yeah.
4: Justice was also uh on that Braves 96 team and he was hurt. Yep. In, yep in the
2: playoffs. Yep. Big reason that a uh, Jermaine Dye was uh called up uh played played right field. Yeah. On that team. Yep. Yeah, cuz I think Justice hit the game-winning homer in 95 when they clinched it yep. in in Atlanta. So, yeah.
4: Yeah, the Braves definitely probably feel like they should have won 96. And then they're definitely a dynasty, right? If they win 95-96 plus all those others, all those other playoffs, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you even look at the years when they didn't make the World Series. Like, how did the Phillies beat them in 93? And, like, how did the Padres beat them in 98? Like,
4: see, that happens. That always happens. It's like, but that's the point of being a dynasty is, yeah, you're going to have teams get hot at the right time and beat you, but you're always there. You're not sitting five games under 500 out of the playoffs
2: (laughs) right right so true so true all right boys well this has been a treat andrew always a always a pleasure having you on we appreciate it go check out bronx pinstripes um at least a couple times a week you're putting out uh episodes if not more so um hopefully the yankees come out and come back tonight and you'll have some more positive things to talk about it at the very least you have two more homers for judge and uh really heat up that that 61 homer talk
4: nice yeah guys thanks for having me on always a good time
2: all right thanks andrew